Welcome to FileMaker Talk. This is Matt Navarre. This is the last episode I'm going to post from interviews that I did at DevCon, so which is now over a month ago. But this is a really good interview that I wanted you to hear. I have two guests for this episode. This is The two guests are both friends that I've had for quite a long time. One of them is Joey Grimaldi with ODI Technology, a hosting company here in Portland, Oregon, and, and across the river in Vancouver, Washington. Joey's website is filemakerhosting.com. The other one is Scott Karch from nimbushosting.net, who has a big company that does hosting for large vertical markets, mainly, in Chicago, Illinois. And I've, for a long time, I don't know why, but I've got a lot of friends in the hosting business, and I've really wanted you two individuals specifically to meet, so I'm really glad that finally we can all have a little conversation together. So uh, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. It's uh, good to be back here with you again. Yeah, you and I have recorded several times. And then, Joey, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is your first time on. Uh, no, this is my second this time. This is your fifth time on the podcast. Welcome. Yeah, no, just <laughs> Exactly. No, you, you are correct. I haven't been on. So here's some of the stuff I want to get to. Like uh, how, how you guys, you guys have both really built, from my perspective, big, powerful, complex, redundant systems to reliably, quickly serve FileMaker. Yes? Yep. That sounds pretty accurate. And Scott, you and I have talked a lot about like Citrix hosting is kind of your main thing. That's kind of mainly what you do. Yeah, NimbusHosting.net specializes in Citrix hosting of FileMaker solutions. We do offer some dedicated machines and FileMaker over the WAN for edge cases, but our real core strength is the Citrix hosting that uh, uh, that we provide now, which is built on the, the hosting infrastructure that we built for our parent company, uh, Wizard Software. Okay. And Joey, your company, well, it's called ODI Technologies. Your domain is actually FileMakerHosting.com. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Um, and also ODITech.com as well. But um, yes, FileMakerHosting.com is where you can get to us. And you spent $3 million for that domain? Uh, yeah. No, I was just lucky enough to uh, get it way before everybody else. So I, we've been around for a while. What's, what's the core strength of your company? Um, we're actually in the uh, in the shared hosting, and then that's really our our main gig, um, which which is nice because you know to be here with Scott, um, even though we're kind of uh, in the same in the same business, we do very very different things. You don't have a lot of clients who have dedicated servers or more uh, higher end connections. What's the what's the mix? Um, we do have some co-located clients, but uh, primarily our business is the shared hosting for you know people who don't want to have to worry about um, you know managing their hardware or doing doing that type of thing or in-house IT. Um, they can just you know pop a database on our servers, share it, connect to it with FileMaker Go, FileMaker Client, Instant Web Publishing, PHP, you name it. Very cool. And then um, one of the things I like about the way you have it set up is you can actually run the FileMaker admin console to upload and download files. I love that in 12, they actually added the ability to download a database. So you have to close it, but then you can actually just download it back to your system if you need to get a clone or uh, a live backup or something, which is tough to do. Because what do you do for, for automating things like that for your clients, Scott? We actually don't have it automated right now. We, we, within the Citrix environment and the environment that we came from, most of the solutions that we see are what we usually think of as rocking chair mode where they're they're past the point where people are uploading downloading things regularly so we don't have an automated process we have uh, emails sms messages and we can usually get things turned around within a couple hours we're working on a control panel but it isn't at the at the forefront because we don't run into it that often just with the type of clients we have as i was asking the question i was realizing that yeah really for a citrix hosted thing it's pretty much 24 7 access you don't it's kind of it's that's the type of situation you know like vertical market 
well, you do all the hosting for, for wizard software, right? So it's those customers, those, they're pretty much always on. Yes. Yeah. So we don't have any automated tools because it just doesn't come up very often. I realize even with you, you know, we do have some clients that need access and, and, and we do have some workarounds via FTP things and we'll work on things until we get uh, some sort of a control panel, but it isn't at the front of our, uh, it isn't on the front burner because it just doesn't come up very often with our core business. I'm, I'm kind of fascinated with some of the geeky stuff that you guys need to do on the back end to make things fast and reliable. Um, but before we get into that, just a couple of quick questions about like what starting prices cost to get hosting. So how much does it cost for like a basic Citrix setup if, like a, if I'm a small business? A single file, you pay for your FileMaker database hosting separately from your Citrix clients. But uh, $35 a month for a single file and $50 per month per named user for Citrix access, and it includes all Microsoft Citrix terminal server licenses. It co- covers everything that you need. And then it's $50 per named user per month. Uh, if you want to start getting into your own dedicated servers, there's a whole range of, of things, whether it's going to be high availability, right. you want SSDs. There's gets pretty crazy yeah. pretty fast. There's a lot of options. And I would imagine you probably have quite a few customers like that. Actually, yep. Most of our non-Wizard software customers are actually getting dedicated, their own dedicated servers, whether they're dedicated VMs, dedicated blades, things like that. And maybe that's more of a sweet spot in your pricing model then, really. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Joey, what, what are your plans typically start at? Our hosting plans start at 1995, uh, and that includes two databases. Um, we, we really took a, a hard look at the hosting community when we uh, started doing our pricing. We actually just redid our pricing. Um, a lot of the hosting companies out there right now are are including um, the web hosting along with it, but not everybody really needs the web hosting with FileMaker hosting. Some people and, and by web hosting, I think you mean custom web publishing, not uh, instant web, or are both of those separated out? The way we host it, they're all separated out. So, for instance, if somebody wanted to do uh, custom web publishing with PHP, uh, that would require uh, a web server, in our case, a web hosting account. Um, so basically what we did is is uh, rather than have those two things, the FileMaker hosting and the custom web publishing in one account, we separated those two things and, and subsequently separated the pricing of those two things. So rather than paying, you know, typically on, on, the, on the Internet, you'll find web hosting accounts are typically $30 a month, $29.95. Um, what we did is we then separated those two things um, and just the FileMaker hosting then would be nineteen ninety five per month for the first two databases. It does include instant web publishing as well. So that's pretty cool. So um, how do you have your your uh, now that you have that model? You uh, you probably have maybe an increased number of clients who just use the FileMaker part, but then you really want to keep their performance good for the web clients. How did you build the servers differently to take advantage of that? Uh, what we did is we used uh, the uh, multiple server deployment. Uh, so what we do is we have FileMaker server uh, on its own server, as well as the web publishing engine on its own server, and the uh, Apache along with PHP on its own server. So it really separates that out. Um, one of the one of the biggest issues with uh, FileMaker all in one machine with with most hosts is um, instant web publishing is prone to crashing as. You know, everybody will tell you. Say it isn't so. I know, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so what ends up happening in that scenario when you're on uh, a host with everything on one server, IWP goes down. Now, all of a sudden, you have to boot all of the clients that are connected to their FileMaker databases off just so that you can restart the server. Um, sometimes when you restart the IWP service, it doesn't like to start up. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. 
you know, then you run into that issue. Um, with the way we deploy our servers, it's okay. We, we monitor the IWP server. As soon as it goes down, we either restart the service. If the service does not get restarted, we reboot the machine. And um, because all of our um, the custom web publishing uh, excuse me, the web publishing engine server is virtualized, rebooting takes like no time at all. It's it's kind of a non-issue. Then everybody who's connected to their FileMaker databases just keep on connecting to their FileMaker databases. Yeah. yeah, we've talked about virtualization a little bit in the past. You guys both do that. Do you use similar approaches? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, do you, well, what do you do, Scott? Well, we happen to use Hyper-V, Microsoft's Hyper-V for, for um, all of our virtualization. And even, uh, even if pe- people that get dedicated blade servers and hardware servers, we still virtualize a single dedicated VM on that blade. So everything is virtualized because of backup reasons and the ability to re- backup and restore. Mm-hmm. So everything is virtualized even when someone has a dedicated piece of hardware with only one operating system running on it. It's still virtualized. But, yeah, we use Hyper-V in a, a mix of high availability clusters and SANs or um, dedicated um, unique uh, blade servers or, or one-use servers um, that are more customizable and, and they have full control over, you know, full access to the full disk I.O. And, and network I.O. and CPU load. 37 acronyms right there in that sentence. <laughs> so what, how, about you? how about you, Joey? What's your approach? Uh, well, we're using uh, VMware uh, is, is how we do ours. We take a, a slightly different approach. Because we wanted to, you know, our, our core business is FileMaker hosting, we wanted to make sure to get the most performance out of our servers. And what we found is that with FileMaker, uh, disk I.O. is basically it's Achilles heel. Um, so whenever we did, you know, we started, started virtualizing, um, we have a SAN and... Um, so uh, basically all of our virtual machines are on that SAN. All of the hardware nodes then connect to that SAN. Let's maybe define some terms. SAN storage, storage area network, which yeah, is like a, like a dedicated server that just has a bunch of super fast hard drives and yeah. lots of intelligence. In storage, mass storage. Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's basically just like a one mass storage that you can kind of slice up how you want. You can create uh, basically for redundancy. You've got lots of RAID options. There's all sorts of stuff you can do with this. All the way up to RAM SAN, which is like $30,000, $40,000 and actually uses memory chips, not... SSD is not spinning drives. Yeah, which is insane. Do you have a RAM SAN? No, I wish. Oh, okay. I wish. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we do not have a RAM SAN, and our prices would be much higher if we had <laughs> if we had one. So I agree. Uh, one of my friends, Baron Benkowski, has a FileMaker solution that he was deployed to 500 simultaneous clients, and that's the way they got it to work. They had a RAM SAN because, like, RAID 10 was not fast enough. Uh, RAID 10 SSDs was not fast enough. Wow. That's impressive. That's a lot of IOPS, a, a lot of IOs per second. Oh, look at you defining your terms. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there are a lot of acronyms in this, in, in this world. But it, I call those TLAs and FLAs, three-letter acronyms and four-letter acronyms. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So uh, to continue on uh, with, with the, our, our setup, um, so our, our FileMaker setup that we have, because we wanted it to be as fast as possible, uh, we ended up using the hardware node uh, with local storage, and we use that with uh, SAS drives, very fast spinning SAS drives in a RAID 10 configuration. So because we're separating out this model, now we can kind of you know custom build the hardware to what we're doing. It's very purpose-driven hardware. All of our uh, web publishing engine and the uh, uh, you know DNS servers, email servers, uh, web servers, all of that stuff is virtualized. So you then get the uh, high availability with uh, vMotion, you know, all that stuff just just comes along with that. Now, what's uh, what's a V motion? Oh, uh, V motion is actually 
in my mind, the coolest thing ever. So I'll try and explain this in, in a way that everybody can understand. What vMotion does, and kind of coupled with high availability, um, it basically detects, it's a method for moving virtual machines from one hardware node to another. Now, in a SAN environment, you're literally pointing the VM to a hardware node, if that makes sense. So the, the VM is basically an image of that server that's living on the, uh, the SAN, the storage, mm-hmm. yeah, the storage on the SAN. Um, and the hardware node is basically booting from the SAN. So if you want to do any type of maintenance on a server, so if, let's say you want to bring it down, uh, the old on the way... the host that's running the different virtual excuse machines. Me, excuse me, yes. Right. Yeah. So if, if you wanted to uh, do maintenance on the host that's running the virtual machine, thank you for the correction, typically before in the past, you would have to do it in the middle of the night, uh, have downtime, which is, you know, in, in, our, in our industry is, is, yeah, you don't want it. <laughs> the Greek word for that is anathema. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, because you, don't, you can't have downtime, uh, with vMotion, what you can do is you can assign that virtual machine, you can move it over to another piece of hardware. So you can say, okay, I want this virtual machine to now live on this other piece of hardware. So what vMotion does is it copies over the image of that drive. Before it copies over the image, it creates kind of like a scratch disk, if you will, of the current activity that's happening. So it freezes the image, copies that image, and then it's saving the current activity that's going on in that VM to this little scratch disk. Okay? Once that image is copied, it then repeats the process on the scratch disk until there's no data left to copy. So it repeats and repeats, and the, the data left to copy gets smaller and smaller and smaller until there's no data left, and then it flushes the ARP cache in the, in the router, and what that does is the ARP cache basically tells uh, the traffic where it needs to go. Okay? Right. So it flushes the ARP cache, mm-hmm. and then it says, hey, you now live over on this node, and the only thing that you end up end up losing is like maybe one ping. It's, it, you don't lose anything. So basically, it just switches over. Nobody notices a thing, and now you can bring that hardware node down for maintenance. If you want to add RAM, if you want to do whatever you want to do. That's crazy. It, like flip insane. flip a switch from A to B, and all and everything goes over from one computer to another, one box to another. No FileMaker people connections are lost. Anything you would never know yeah. if you were remote desktoped into that machine while you were doing a live migration or. VMotion, right. um, Hyper-V it's does the same yeah, thing, and they, we happen to call it Live Motion. That's what Microsoft calls it. And, yeah, it's, it's truly amazing. It, it makes me smile every time I migrate a machine with a whole bunch of people on it, and they don't even know that they've just moved between computers. I mean, these, these are like geek toys so out of my league. Yeah. I, like, I have a Drobo, right? I love the Drobo. It's kind of like that idea where you can pop out a drive and pop in a drive, and it'll reconfigure itself and sort of change but it's way smaller problem than what this solves <laughs> yeah ex- exactly um so you know as i was stating earlier i'm sure your listeners are probably saying well wait a minute he doesn't have his filemaker servers in these clusters and that's true so our storage on the filemaker servers are local so we're not storing our stuff on the sand so uh, and and we're actually working on a solution for this but what what, what the way we get around this is we actually do this through replication. So we replicate our, our VMs from one hardware node to another, and then that just requires a, a reboot. But you know, we, we don't get to use the, uh, the high availability and the uh, storage vMotion. There's not storage vMotion, just vMotion uh, in order to transfer those. But it's just basically reboot. So what are the, what's kind of the benefit of having the FileMaker storage local on the server? Speed. Yep. We're testing a server right now um, where all of our FileMaker servers, uh, hardware nodes, we end up using uh, RAID 10. 
uh, you take a, a hit on the uh, price per gigabyte, um, but it's so worth it. Um, you well, yeah, that's the, so striping over mirroring, and you get the benefits of both, and you don't have the complexity of RAID 5 or RAID 6 or whatever, right? Well, yeah, there's there's kind of a performance hit with uh, RAID 5 or RAID 6 because there's parity data that it has mm-hmm. to write. Um, so you kind of lose some performance in uh, just reading and writing from the from the disk. Um, so the big thing with, with RAID 10 is you get, you know, a, a lot of the uh, people in the audience that do video production, I know we have a lot of Mac users that do video production, um, they will know that striping is the way to go because you, like, double your disk performance. Well, yeah. imagine striping but also having a mirror as well. You know, and, and so you can, you can kind of get this redundancy as well as the speed performance. But now the only downside to that is that it costs more to do it um, because you're not getting as much disk capacity with a RAID 10 as you would with like a RAID 5 or RAID right, 6. Right, so if you have four one-terabyte drives, you end up with two terabytes of space. Correct. Correct. Whereas with a RAID 5, if you had four-terabyte drives, you'd have three terabytes of space. Exactly, right. exactly. But but drives cost a hundred dollars per terabyte. Well, S, these big SAS drives Not cost a lot more. I know, but and they don't make them in one terabyte sizes. They're like you know eighty gigabytes or whatever. <laughs> yes, yeah, some of the SSDs, but yes, fast SAS drives. I, I all this really makes sense. That yeah, you go with uh, direct attached storage. Um, you know the local drives on a server. You you get for, first of all you're not sharing it across multiple machines. You get losses of capacity. The the extra bytes that you don't use on this machine can't be used somewhere else. So SANs are a fantastic tool, but they're not perfect for everything. And some of our machines are on um, uh, you know dedicated hardware with with local attached storage. In fact, our highest performing machines are blade servers with direct attached storage and it's just balancing where you want to put things in a high availability environment that you get the great uh, the flexibility of live migration and in uh, you know auto failover if thing if 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 the hardware node fails before you get a chance you know it can happen uh, that everything will automatically reboot onto other nodes in your high availability cluster maybe even before you get your SMS messages from your monitoring software. Mm-hmm. But, but there's some places where people really want guaranteed throughput disk I.O. And you know, as you're saying, disk I.O. or databases, mm-hmm. you know, that's the kink. That is yeah. the Achilles yeah. heel. And if you really want to guarantee a certain amount of disk I.O., direct attached storage is, is the way to go. So mm-hmm. as much so as SANs are like, really are great to talk about in, in their you know, a great technology to use. There are instances where using individual dedicated machines still are really valid solution. It doesn't mean you're cutting corners. Hmm. This is cool. I love how deep in the weeds we are and, and how over my head I am <laughs> in, in understanding all this. But I guess what it really, all this adds up to is incredibly high speed and pretty much a hundred percent uptime for FileMaker systems. Yes. You, you're going to get as much uptime as you can get. From FileMaker systems, um, I, I agree. Split, I agree spread, yeah. spread it, <laughs> I, I know exactly it. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. spreading. It, I mean, but no databases are are have 100 percent uptime. Um, um, and the, the more things you put on, I really like the concept that you have of, of, of splitting up the you know the the, the, the engines so there, there's fewer things going, and that's going to increase your overall uptime. And, and those things are really smart and, and worth looking at. And and some things you want more uptime, like things that need more uptime go in our high availability environment. Things that need more speed will go in our direct attached, uh, you know, uh, dedicated machines. So it's it's a mix of things. It's not only about blazing speed or, or you know, or um, availability. Yeah, there's, de- there's definitely not a silver bullet in, in this industry, so. 
Yeah. But it sounds like you guys have a great mix, and I love the different approaches. And uh, let's wrap there, unless there's any huge things you want to add. No, thanks very much. Uh, it's always fun to see you every year. All right, great. Th- and th- thanks so much, Matt.